Time for Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, right here on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. This is co-host Tom. I am joined by guest co-host Jared today. Uh, we're talking Season 5, Episode 11. This episode, we're going to call The Gartner. The Gartsy, as in Mike Gartner, the mustachioed man uh, who dominated the 80s and uh, 90s. I'm going to say he dominated... Uh, you know, I mean, other people would say, look, he was pretty good. Did he dominate? I don't know. Look, I'm going to tell you, he's. I'm a big Gartner fan. Uh, he, he wore number 11 for Washington, Minnesota, and Toronto. He had a stop in Phoenix to end his career and a stop in New York for the Rangers kind of halfway through. And he wore 22 for those clubs. He doubled um, it up. Yeah, I would imagine that it was retired in new york uh i don't know who would have wore that back in the day for the rangers um well okay so phoenix phoenix why would he have not worn his 11 like who's who's wearing 11 in phoenix in the mid to late 90s that mike gartner comes to your team and they're like yeah no i'm not giving up 11 so here's so here's a question for you though so he played he played with the rangers uh from 89 90 through 93 94 didn't yeah. wear number 11 but Messier but Messier when he came to the Rangers he did wear number 11 oh that's right so maybe so there was, was just... who was who was wearing 11 who wasn't giving it up to Mustache well Messier would have I guess Messier would have been because when did he go to New York well in 94 the Rangers won the cup right and Messier was definitely on that team uh but was Gartner on that team yeah, Mike Gartner must. Yeah, I think he won. Yeah, I think he won a cup. No, the, he got no? traded to Toronto. I'm pretty sure. At oh the, yeah, yeah, he did. Must have got traded. What a burn! Oh, Gartsy, so close to a cup, didn't get it. You know, he he has a he had a great career. He scored a lot of goals, um, but he was never like named. He never won like Rookie of the Year. He didn't win uh, really any personal awards, no Stanley Cups. Um, you know, he, he I don't even know if he it's not listed that he was an all star. Like, I'm sure he got voted to an all star game or something along the way. But like, oh, he yeah, wasn't like one of the one of the like first line all star kind of guys or whatever. Well, he was always a fixture at the all star game because he was the fastest, fastest skater. skater, fastest skater in the league. During yeah. the during those early um uh skills competitions. Yeah, so my he... my my reference usually lists like all star or whatever, but I think that's only if you're like the 
for you know like they take the top five forwards and a goalie and that's your all-star kind of thing or whatever so he doesn't have that but he is he is a hall of famer he went into the hall of fame in 2001 so he's been in there for 20 years um because he retired in 97 98 so he was i that that's first ballot i think um yeah So, so i mean so here's a couple couple fun mike gartner facts for you uh, mm-hmm. he played one year in the WHA. Yeah, the, with, with Cincinnati. Cincinnati played on the same line as Messier and, and finished second to a, a guy named Wayne Gretzky for Rookie of the Year. He, Mess, uh, Mess and Gartner probably talked about the virtues of number 11 when they were on the bench after I their imagine, shifts. They were I like, could imagine. oh, good shift, Messi. Yeah, you do, Gertzy. What do you think about 11? Pretty good number, <laughs> huh? <laughs> so he became uh, in 91-92 he became the first player in the NHL history to score his 500th goal, get his 500th assist, his 1000th point and play in his 1000th game all in one season. Nice. That's pretty he, fun. Yeah, uh, he was traded as we noted, he was traded to the Leafs uh during the, the Ranger Stanley Cup year. For Glenn Anderson, uh, like, Anderson, like, yeah, like stupid Glenn Anderson needed another Stanley Cup, <laughs> and well, maybe he was just what the Rangers were missing, though. But yeah. I would have loved to have seen Gartner get it that year. I mean, honestly, if I I was cheering for Vancouver that year, I mm-hmm. still have Game Seven recorded on a VHS tape somewhere, like in a box, you know, okay, in, in my outdated media cabinet. <laughs> and but, so then. Uh, he was traded to Phoenix during their first year after relocating Jets 1.0. And uh, Gartner scored mm. the first goal in Phoenix Coyotes history and also really? record- recorded the first hat trick against the Boston Bruins uh, on October 7th of the year. It was the second game that they had played in Phoenix. So Mike Gartner, Phoenix Coyote legend. Well. Clearly, they they should hang his uh, jersey from the rafters at Mullet Arena or in, like because he was so famous for his mustache and it's called <laughs> Mullet Arena. They could have yeah, a, a m- mullet and a mustache. <laughs> yeah, Gardner didn't really do the mullet. He had kind of the RCMP look, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, he totally looked. He totally although, looks like a cop. Yeah. Uh, although his 1981 hockey database picture which is also his Wikipedia one. He does have a little bit of hair going down the back, but that oh, yeah. was just the style of the time, you know, he's got, but he some, was definitely uh, the, the RCMP look him and Mike McPhee. They very similarly looking uh, yeah. players, but Gartner was so fast. And you know what? So we had a guest on our show last year, two years ago, something like that. <clears throat> um, uh, uh, from Billy talent, the bass player, uh, Johnny, um big john what's his name well that's his name i can't remember his last name at the moment but oh is it uh john gallant that that's it right there yeah so john is a pretty good hockey player himself uh and a great bass player for uh one of canada's premier rock bands but he um john told us a story about playing in like this um it might have been like the exclaim cup or you know something like that and Mm -hmm. Uh, there was all these like NHL alumni there and um, Mike Gartner 
was one of them. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> he was, John was telling a story about, he's like, you know, I, I consider myself a pretty good skater, you know, and he's like a fit guy and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I had a breakaway. And he was like, I can't believe it. I got a breakaway. And he was going in to shoot on um, one of the, some goalie that, you know, of note, I can't recall even who it was. And he's like, out of friggin' nowhere comes Mike Gartner on the back check with the <laughs> stick left. And it was like, damn you, Gartner, using your blistering speed to, in this, you know, exclaim cup or whatever uh, yeah. it was. But um, well, yeah. he, he had his, his uh, number 11 was retired by the Washington Capitals in 2008. Okay. And he wore, he wore those, the sweet, uh, red, white, and blue with the the stars down the yeah seat. yeah that's sort of the, classic capital classic uh, classic caps look. yeah uh, at the ninety six skills competition he set a record for the fastest skater event thirteen point three eight six seconds for a full lap from a standing mm-hmm. start and that record stood for twenty years until uh, Dylan Larkin broke it in twenty sixteen uh, with and it's kind of contested because Larkin took a skating start rather didn't than have a start. Yeah, yeah. didn't have a start. But then Connor McDavid broke it the next year, uh, 13.310, so 0.76 seconds uh, yeah. from a standing start. And I mean, I think is is McDavid still the current? I I would think he ha- would have to be. I mean, there's probably some guys who could rival him mm-hmm. in straight out speed you know like i would think uh local guy kyle connor i mean not that he's yeah, local connor. to here but local player kyle connor yeah he's got wheels you know you would think and dylan larkin everybody knows he he can he's skate fast. so yeah there's and there's obviously probably a few other guys there but that'll be interesting maybe uh, a reason to tune into the all-star game this year which yeah. is in florida which so they had the All Star Game in uh, Las Vegas last time, remember? And then they mm-hmm. had all these like weird sort of non hockey oh, yeah. rink skills competition things where they were on like the fountains of Bellagio. The Bellagio, yeah. Uh, this year, I heard that they're gonna have like Miami Beach uh, events. Really? Yeah. So so like a beach Best volleyball beach, beach beach volleyball competition. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, most highly regarded topless sunbather. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they'll have, I'm sure they'll have uh, some silly things. I don't know. The The all-star game is what it is, but we're not talking about the all-star game right now. We're, right now we're talking about Mike Gartner. Let me just give you a quick rundown of his stats, and then we're going to move on to maybe talk some world juniors here because um, those are coming up and, uh, you know, or not coming up. They're underway. Um, mm-hmm. They're very much underway. Uh, listeners, I forgot to mention, we're recording this on New Year's Day, yeah. uh, Sunday, January 1st, 2023. Uh, you, this, this will air tomorrow, um, Monday, January 2nd. Mm-hmm. So we've got a full slate of World Junior Games on for Monday. So, you know, we can't really read the crystal ball right now to tell you what's going to happen. And by the time you're listening to this, you're going to know what happened. So there you have well, it. Well, but- by, the, by the time you're listening to this... The three Canada of the, game three will be of the, three of the games will be complete and the Canada yeah. game will be sometime in the first period. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but quickly, let's go with some uh, Mike Gartner stat rundown here. 
he had a 19 year NHL career plus one WHA um, season as an underager for the Cincinnati Stingers, as uh, as you mentioned, Jared. And so that's a 20 year pro hockey career. 10 years with the Capitals, 758 games, 789 points, uh, pretty much even 397 goals, 392 assists. Uh, five years with the New York Rangers, 173 goals, 286 points in 322 games. He was the first Ranger to have um, three back-to-back 40-goal seasons. Yep. Uh, so that's a fun fact for the the Rangers there. And then they traded him, and he didn't win a cup. Well, I'm I'm so bitter about that for for Gartsy. Um, anyway, and then he went to Toronto, where he spent um three seasons, 130 games, 53 goals, 33 assists for 86 points. He's on the back nine of his career by this point, but he's still putting up decent numbers. He uh, he played two years in Minnesota. That was before he went to Toronto. He got traded mm-hmm. from the caps to the North stars. And yeah, he played uh, 80, 80 games in Minnesota. So, uh, you know, it must've been a deadline move, 84 points, 142 games in Phoenix. Uh, as we mentioned, he's a Phoenix coyote legend. And uh, he put up 90 points there for the, for the Yotes. So yeah, raise his mustache to the bat, to the rafters well, of mullet arena. I, it has to happen. And so here, here's my question, because he was he was one of those guys like that mustache was synonymous with Mike Gartner. Mm-hmm. Why did he shave it when he went to Toronto? Because he had like the, he no longer had the mustache. He just had the yeah. great big, great big sort of moon face going on. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, how do you, like was that like a, a George that... Steinbrenner type of thing where the Leafs had a no mustache policy? Well, it's Cliff Fletcher. Cliff Fletcher didn't like mustaches back yeah. then. He's yeah. like Mr. Burns on the softball team. He's like, uh, Mattingly, I thought I thought I told you to shave those sideburns. <laughs> well, uh, and and so he was traded. He was traded because apparently he, he and Mike Keenan didn't really see eye to eye. Iron Mike didn't like the fact that he didn't uh, Gartner wasn't really big on the back check at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and so so maybe it was an act of defiance, you know, like Keenan was synonymous <laughs> with the mustache. And he's just like, yeah, he's like, you know what? S- screw you. Screw this I, guy. I, I'm off. I'm off the stash. Right. <laughs> I'm off. The did stash. he go back? Did he go back to the stash? I wonder when he went to, you know, Phoenix. Um, I would hope so. But uh, I don't have the photographic evidence in front of me, so I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Mike Gardner, pretty awesome player. Loved his hockey cards for the mustache and for those classic Capitals jerseys oh. and North Stars jerseys. Yeah. Um, let's throw to a song. Come back. We'll talk some World Juniors. Talk World Juniors, yeah. Um, we're going to play three songs today, and they're each going to be one of our kind of like Uh, top picks of 2022 what with it being a new year and all with the world juniors being in halifax i thought let's take a a halifax band who put out an album this year in 2022 Uh, the band is called out of controller the song is called limit and a situation and i found this one to be a bit of a banger this year Uh, this song often gets stuck in my head so i hope it gets stuck in yours here we go on talking hockey the hockey talk show it's out of controller with limit and a situation
All right, that was limited a situation by Halifax band Out of Controller, who uh, released that album in 2022. The album is called uh, Shoot. What is that album called? I just had it in front of me, and I've completely blanked. Come on alive, it right now. come alive. There it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a good one. I uh, listened to it a bunch. Um, Jared, let's talk a little bit of World Juniors. We didn't quite get to it in the first segment. Got a little carried away. With Mike Gardner, man. Mike Gardner. Yeah. Um, so the World Juniors, Canada plays Slovakia in the quarterfinal game uh, today, if you're listening today, to this on Monday. Um, it's probably on your TV right now. Yeah, we're not, recording this. Listening. We're recording this on New Year's Day. So yeah. this is in the future. And uh, the other the other games, we got USA and Germany. Uh, we got a Finland-Sweden game to start the whole day off. And then the other one is... Uh, Swiss and uh, Czech Republic, who finished right. first in Canada's pool. Yeah, with a big win over Canada in the first game. So I don't think we've actually had a show since nope. the World Juniors started. Right, because they started Boxing Day. We didn't do a Christmas show. Um, You know, we uh, decided to give the uh, interns at Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, a day off and, and, uh, you know, enjoy Christmas time with their families. So, but Canada lost to Czechia, uh, if you will, on Boxing Day. And, uh, I mean... Pretty, pretty, like, handily, too. Yeah. It was never in doubt. No, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Czech Republic came out skating and they played like they just they just were all over Canada. Canada couldn't do too much against them. You know, I thought the one thing Canada in that game, um, they just were trying. It looked like they were trying to be too fancy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a bit of the narrative. It uh, was like, oh, they tried two Michigans. Two, two Michigan whatever, goals, you know? yeah, right. Um, but, like, it was like everybody was just trying to make that fancy toe drag saucer pass, whatever, the Michigans. The, and it, and I was watching that game, and I was thinking, man, they need they need a bulldog right now. But, um, like, the, the way they were playing was just... It, it's you know that's junior hockey though i guess and you put the best kids in the country on a team together and that's you know there's no denying that they've all got skill but somebody you know the way that the czech republic was playing in that game with such pace and just straight lines no fooling around pucks to the net you know all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. it won them the game and canada just straight up lost that they didn't the, between the two goalies there, um, Canada's goaltending didn't do them really any favors. So then, anyway, then they went on to play uh, Germany, Germany. The next Germany, yeah. the next game, and then Austria, and they demolished both of those teams. Um, and then they played uh, on New Year's Eve. It was yeah. Sweden, and they one looked five like, one. Like, and Sweden's like a, a team that you're like, yeah, that's a good team. And Canada beat them five one. So it's like, okay, here we go. They're they're on track. And of course, along the way, Connor Bedard. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, he is lighting it up. He's now got the new Canadian World Junior record for points. Most, for most, well, he's got a Canadian record for points. Also, he has the most goals 
in world mm. junior history, uh, yeah. overtaking uh, Jordan Eberle. And right. so he's he's only played 13. Uh, well, okay, so... Uh, oh, wait, as, Lindros has 21. Or no, yeah, so no. no, he's got him. So, so Bedard is currently 10th all-time in points. He's played 13, okay. 13 games. He's got 31 points. Um, the, the names ahead of him read kind of like a who's who. So you've got Peter yeah. For, Peter Forsberg's number one all-time, 42 points in, wow. four, in 14 games played. Then you've got... <laughs> Rob Robert Reichel, yeah. Pav, Pavel Bure, uh Esetikinen, Alexander McGilney, uh Vladimir Rosie Ruzichka, Marcus Nasland, Nicholas Sundstrom, and then Essa Keskinen is the only name I don't know. A guy from Finland yeah. scored 32 points in 14 games. Uh but yeah, Bedard and Lindros are currently tied for most. Uh, by points Canadian. by Canadian currently knotted at th- uh, 31. And wow. then uh, he and Eberle are tied for most goals at 14. So the wild thing is that he has another year of ju- of junior eligibility where he could play in this tournament. Well, but the thing is he's going to be drafted first overall. And will that team say, yeah, go back to the World Juniors. Probably not, right? Like, yeah, and I mean, you know, so if he comes back to the tournament next year, he smashes, he smashes all those records. I mean, for sure. So I guess the question, the question about it is, right? Is like we were talking about this the last show that I did with you, how this is a tradition, and everybody in Canada watches this tournament over the break, yeah. and yada yada yada. Um, is it the same tournament that it was when we were growing up? Like, it seems to me that, uh, and there's always the bad teams, but does it seem to you like the teams that are, there's more of a divide that the Canada's and the Czechs and the U S and Sweden, but there's more of a, of a, a parody between them and then the Germany's and the Austria's, but looking at the standings as well, like nobody went through the round robin with a clean sheet. Everybody had right. at least a loss or uh, in the case of the Czechs, they lost in overtime to Sweden. Um, but like the top three, like Canada's goal differential, they had 29-4, eight against. Yeah. Che- Czechs were 24-6. and six. Like Germany was se- only seven goals seven for 22 and then Austria's t- two and thirty-five, right? Um, it just—it seems, and I mean, Bedard, he's got what did we say? He's got eighteen points in yeah, four games. in four games. Well, he piled them on against. He got seven against Germany, and he got and six against six, Austria. Six yeah. against Austria. So, and then well, and again in this game against Sweden last night, he had four assists, four of five, Canada's five goals. He was in on so. No. That was, I guess, a bit of the narrative was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can light up uh, Germany and Austria, but, you know, can you can you do it against a team that's any good? Well, and, um, obviously he can. <laughs> yeah. And, so. we were ta- and we were talking about this, uh, talking about this around the fire last night where, you know, traditionally it's been either Canada and the U.S. It's normally Canada and the U.S. play on, on New Year's New Eve. Year's Eve. 
And because Russia's not in the tournament this year, yeah. uh, things have kind of been rejigged. And so, like, I can't remember the last time that Canada and Sweden were in the same conference. It always, or in the same uh, division, yeah. sorry. It always seems Canada's like... often with Finland and the US. Right. And they've seemed to have flipped it this year. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's been good. Um, the thing that uh, has also kind of stuck out for me from a Canada perspective is everybody talked about how um, this tournament was going to be something that was good for Shane Wright. And he was coming in on a bit of a downer and I mean, he's been okay, but he hasn't put up the type of points that everybody thought that he was going to. Yeah. Well, he's got, he's got three goals, three assists for six points. Um, through four games um yeah. you know i mean like canada's next best scorer is logan stankoven uh who's got two goals six assists for eight points and then it's connor bedard with 18 points so i mean obviously bedard is just on another level yeah and but yeah you're right like you're right about right um it's 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 i think he's probably acclimatized pretty well to the tournament. He's playing pretty well. He's the captain of the team and he's um he's been on the ice in like, you know, well, key situations or whatever. I mean, five of his six points have come on the power play too. Mm. Right? Whereas like Bedard, okay, yeah, he's got 18 points. Seven of those have come on yeah. the power play. So yeah. he's scoring he's scoring both both with the advantage and and also at even strength. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I would like to think that uh, the game tomorrow or today uh, should should be uh, an e- uh, there's no easy game, but it should be a game, a winnable game for Canada. But Slovakia finished two o one and one. Two o one and one. Yeah. So. Pretty even goals for and against. They're, they're no slouches. The Slovaks. They're they're, they're good. Um, they've got uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Messar, the guy that got Montreal drafted him. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty high there. Right after Slavkovsky. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, no, I think. Um, well, it was, Philip it was... Ma- Philip Messar. Yeah, and he's uh he's got the same numbers as Shane Wright, but no mm-hmm. power play points. Well, so, and so what's kind of weird too about the about the playoff schedule is normally you think that that you're going first plays fourth and then second plays third and the sort of the crossover of the divisions, but uh, Sweden and Finland are playing and they both finished third in their divisions and Slovakia and Canada are playing and they both finished second. So I don't really. I don't understand it. <laughs> that does that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Actually, Your, I, I think uh, they basically just take them all and reseed them. Like I don't think they do a crossover thing. It's like, um, they just rank them. Like it's like here's the teams that are going through, mm-hmm. and then, um, but it, it's different than bef- how it used to be, and it. Also doesn't make a ton of sense. You're right. So well, one one versus like if one is playing four, then two is playing three. That's just the way. That's just kind of the way that <laughs> that that works. Even yeah. if you're even if you're resetting it after the first round. So 
I don't know, Gord. It uh, stay make tuned to find out. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, have you been watching a lot of it? A fair amount. I wouldn't say I've seen it all. Uh, no. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I've tuned in at least part to, to part games, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. a period here, a period there. Yeah, um, yeah it's with it being in Canada and the games, you know, now the time difference from here, it's two hours. So it's, you know, not too late or anything, which is, which is nice. But um, with the time, with, with it being in Canada, that means Canada is going to have like evening games, right? That's mm-hmm. they're not going to give them the, the morning game or anything like that. Um, when the tournament is overseas, all the games live are like, you know, in the morning here for Canada, mm-hmm. which I kind of really like, you know. For oh, the yeah, Christmas, you get up, uh, it gives you, get the, up, you sit in the PJs, you drink the yeah. coffee, coffee with something in it and yeah. eat, <laughs> eat, eat chocolates and yeah, exactly. other so, cookies and whatever else. That that part of the tournament, um, I, I almost prefer it when it's in Europe. Uh, but you know what? The Halifax is doing a pretty good job. It looks like people are having, like they were having a lot of fun at the game last night, Canada, Sweden, because a Canada was, you know, kicking their butts and scored early and often. And so it that was always gets New you Year, in a festival. And it's New Year's fun. Eve. Uh, yeah. The suds were probably flowing. And, I would imagine. you know, um, Mike Johnson, uh, I heard him uh, talk about on the broadcast. He was excited to find out how, Halifax did New Year's Eve, so he was uh, stepping out on the town, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, they, they've they been playing Heave Away as like the victory song, I'm pretty sure. So uh, that's a classic old like maritime uh, bar pub song, basically. Okay. Heave Away, Villadies, Heave Away. Mm. I'm not going to sing it for you guys, but. Uh, <laughs> that's too bad. Um, They've also done, I also have heard the Mull River Shuffle, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I believe it's the Rankins or the Barry McNeils. I think it's the Rankins that they do that. It's a classic little uh, fiddle tune. Um, anyway, well, I've heard that definitely like on the louds, the, the in-house. Uh, most importantly, uh, what's the situation on the uh, penalty box song? Yeah, it's not, uh, <laughs> but they don't seem to have, my favorite one uh the from the Czech Republic a couple years ago um but i don't there, think that there i don't think it's like a theme like i don't think they have like a specific song um, well and and so this is this is it right i mean it's really cool when it's here but it just feels a little bit more electric for whatever mm-hmm. reason when it's in europe um whether it's like I don't know it's if it's tradition if it's like european the fans seem to all bring the the like soccer fan mentality well yeah that's to, they kind of really go right that. yeah we're gonna go we're gonna wrap up this segment yeah uh and we're gonna throw to another song here this is this is one of jared's picks for 2022 one of your favorite songs of the year what yep. do you got in store for uh, uh so year? it's by uh sort of a post-punk band uh out of vancouver called uh dumb 
uh d-u-m-b dumb uh they put a record on mint called pray for tomorrow and uh i'm gonna play a song called pull me up which uh it's got a pretty cool video too if you're into that whole thing sweet oh i love music videos um i used to i mean much music was my it was my uh, bread and butter back in the old days when they you know played music videos there was a time when they played music videos yeah yeah all right, well, this is Dom on uh, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. So we're back here talking hockey, the talk, uh, hockey talking show. Uh, that was dumb. Uh, and that was dumb. No, that was <laughs> dumb. Uh, no, that was the band dumb. Uh, pull me up and uh, from the album, pray for tomorrow. Check it yeah. out. It's a good one. One of, one of Jared's uh, favorites of 2022. We've got uh, one more song. We'll close out on that. That we thought was a 2022 banger. But before we get there, we've got our last segment to the show here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some possible big, big deadline trades that we'll see in twenty twenty three. Eric Dehatchik, who used to be on TSN, now he writes, I guess, for the Athletic, and uh, you know, hockey writer guy. He put out an article about big trades we're gonna see in twenty twenty three. And so Jared and I are going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get to that, we want to just bring up something interesting. So I was during the break there, I was asking Jared, hey, isn't there supposed to be an outdoor game, like a stadium series game happening right now? Uh, But and of course, we're recording here on Sunday, New Year's Day. Jared reminded me, NFL, they uh, they usurp everything Um, on Sundays. Yes. And so. But at Fenway Park on Monday the second, uh, Boston and Pittsburgh are playing, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are wearing uh, jerseys with a big yellow P on it, like the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Jared had a very fun fact, actually. Why don't you share with the listeners what you just shared with me? So Pittsburgh uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates were the first uh, professional team. I guess to play in play hockey in Pittsburgh, 
And so the jersey that the Penguins are wearing tomorrow is essentially a uh, homage to that. Uh, the Pirates existed from 1925 to 28. And uh, yeah, they basically, they lifted lifted that logo straight up. Yeah. Uh, it's at, in terms Which, of... Which, I mean, the, the ball team basically was like, hey, that's pretty good. We should, <laughs> we should... We should put just put that on a ball cap and away we go. Yeah, um, um, I am a fan of the Boston, the Boston jersey. Uh, they brought back the Bruin, that not no not the not the Pooh Bear Bruin that they had yeah, for the yeah. third third jersey, but the Bruin that used to be the shoulder patch. Yeah, uh, on it almost uh, looks like the California flag bear, doesn't it? Yeah, but it was the shoulder patch on the uh, Bruins jerseys, like Cam Neely. Ray Bork era. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's, oh, okay. Uh, Sorry. I am thinking the Pooh Bear is the one I was um, thinking is the California flag kind of bear. Yeah. This is, yeah, the more like head on sort of bear. Yeah. Yes. And, he, and yeah. he's got some good teeth, good teeth on him. Seems yeah. like a nice, like a nice, nice guy. He, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And, and so they, uh, they got that and they got like a nice little stylized Boston over top. It's a good looking jersey. It is pretty good looking, actually. I'm not a Bruins fan by no, any nor nor means, am I. But I actually I will Bruins, say I but... like the lettering they used. That's a nice yeah. looking B. The S is cool. Yeah. And yeah, that bear is very old timey. Yeah. Um yeah. And, uh, and then they have the sort of the classic black and gold. I mean, same colors that the penguins were. That's gonna be a good game at Fenway yeah. Park. That's a cool place. Have they done an outdoor game at Fenway before? Mm. I don't remember. I don't think so. I think this is the first time they'll have done one at Fenway Park. Yeah. Um it will it'll look cool. I mean, obviously that's a historic ballpark and um yeah, a couple sharp looking teams uh and a couple pretty good teams. I mean, Boston as everybody knows, top of the league right now pretty much, eh? Um I I think they are still the top of the league if you sort by league yeah yeah they're still there 60 yeah. points next up uh carolina with 54 uh carolina kind of sneaky good i didn't uh quite have them at second in the entire league but there they are so um, so this game is the first game at fenway since 2010 so um, they started started doing this outdoor classic thing in 2008 uh yep. first one was in buffalo next one yep. was at wrigley field and then fenway was 2010 uh was boston and philadelphia and i don't mm. know if you remember that game but they basically played in uh a small snowstorm um it snowed for a large portion of the game and <laughs> they had to had to stop it um so yeah it's uh <laughs> should be good should be good yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, Boston, uh, Pittsburgh is, uh, they got 44 points, 19 wins on the season. They're 12th overall in the league. There are a couple of teams that are probably going to be quote unquote buyers at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, this, this article that you were reading, one of the, the, the sort of thing that got us onto it or whatever was to talk about. And this has been bandied about a little bit, but yeah. obviously Chicago has Taves, Kane, 
Uh, they have Max Domi, who people thought was going to be kind of a rental player going somewhere, but on Hockey Night in Canada last night, apparently uh, Friedman or Merrick or whatever they were saying, oh, you know, don't uh, actually, Domi might just end up staying there, but Taves can likely not. Mm-hmm. And Taves has been bandied about that uh, maybe Winnipeg is a fit for him. So in 2023, do you think we see a Jonathan Taves to Winnipeg? trade and if so what does that trade even look like who's going the other way well or what is going the other way so it's it's kind of interesting because i believe that uh taves is maybe on the last year or the second to last year on that that big yeah i think he's got one more after this i think yeah because him and kane signed identical deals at at 10 by 10s or something like that. and so uh chicago is is bottoming out and uh obviously the prize literally this year, they're at the, the bottom of the league <laughs> the prize this year is Connor bedard who we talked about in the last segment it's a pretty sweet prize um for for a guy like taves i think what winnipeg a team like winnipeg would need probably most teams would be to get chicago to agree to retain some salary retain a lot of salary like yeah we're talking like half the salary i don't know who who goes who goes the other way um well you would think that chicago's pretty much gonna want you know futures right like so one of those young defense a draft pick probably you know a draft pick of some sort maybe whether or not that's a first i don't know Mm -hmm. um but at least at least one draft pick and then and then i'm i'm thinking either one of the young players they've got on the roster or um, a, a prospect who's ready t- to sort of make the step. Yeah. You know, whether or not that's like a Billy Hainola or maybe, you know, what's the Reichel guy, you know, like, so you've got, you've got Reichel, you've got Hainola. Like, I don't think it would be Cole Perfetti. Like, I don't think the Jets are going to oh, no. go giving up him or anything, but I mean, if that happens Chevy needs to <laughs> Chevy needs to go. Um, yeah. but you know, like they've got they've got three pretty desirable defensemen, two more so than the other uh than yeah. the third, right? Yeah, maybe H- like Hainola. a Logan Stanley or whatever. I would have no problem. I would drive Logan Stanley to the airport, right? <laughs> see, see you later, pal. Thanks. Thanks for sorry you have to crunch yourself into my tiny car, but yeah. you know. Um but then they've got, you know. Uh, a couple of couple of really great prospects that are playing for the U.S. team at the World Juniors and Chaz, yeah, for sure. Chaz Lucius and uh, Rutger McGrory. I think uh, Rutger McGrory's got one of the best hockey names going. <laughs> I mean, he's he's eighteen years old or whatever. Yeah. Um, if if you didn't break the bank, I think it's. I mean, to bring in one of the greatest captains of his era to yep. add add him to the dressing room right he's actually and... been really good this year as well mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um you got you can't forget he didn't play for like an entire season and a half or something like that yeah uh, he has like uh an autoimmune disorder or something like that and he missed an entire season and then covid weird seasons so it's mm-hmm. been kind of like two three seasons of like not regular hockey for him this year has been a lot more normal mm-hmm. and he's playing really 
decently on a bad team. Um, he's scoring some goals, everything like that. So he's one of the best face-off guys around. Um, you know, he would really benefit Winnipeg's forward group. Um, sure. which, I guess as we all know right now, the Jets are banged up in a in a in, in a, a bad way. way. Yeah, yeah. The like they're they've got what like six regular forwards out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so. I guess the only the only question that I would have then is that, you know, all things being considered and all things being equal and guys, everybody healthy, right, is where does Taves play? Because yeah. he's he's been a centerman his entire year and the, the Jets, one of their strengths is that they are really good up the middle with uh, with Dubois, with Shifley, with Lowry. Uh, and then Gustafson, but I mean, you don't think that Taves, they're bringing in Taves to play fourth line minutes. So who plays out of position? Does, does Shifley move to the wing? Does. Yeah. I think it doesn't in that article. Didn't they think maybe it would be Shifley that would end up sliding to the wing, which I don't know. I mean, maybe that's fine. Um, it's hard to say like I, they, they did pair Shifley and Dubois together on a line a, a couple games ago. Mm-hmm. And so it was Dubois at center and they moved Shifley to the wing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that was one game, which they lost. Uh, <laughs> so is the precedent there? Yeah, sure. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think it would be kind of maybe one of those situational things where like maybe Taves takes the face offs, but doesn't, actively play center you know what i mean like they could kind of switch out here and there and i don't know what hand he shoots but maybe he's better on faceoffs on one side and then uh shifley or whoever he ends up kind of playing with on the other side Mm -hmm. i think it'd be um it'd be a nice problem to have to try and figure out where to play i guess sure um you know when you think about like what winnipeg needs it needs I mean, yes, everybody's injured and yeah, they're all going to come back. But even if everybody's back, if you bring in somebody like Taves, it kind of helps uh, the bottom six kind of sort itself out because somebody's getting bumped down in a way, you know? So um, I think that they would just become a little bit deeper for it. Do you think it's likely to happen? So there's like there, we just talked about like it could happen. Here's what it would look like. Do you think Chevy's gonna make a move? Like, like, no, we all we know Chevy. He likes to sit on his hands. Yeah, yeah, and then he'll do something that nobody saw coming necessarily. Yeah. The only move that anybody ever saw coming that he did was Dubois for Line A, or vice right. versa, I should say. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, like the last time. So the last time I was on the program here, a couple couple episodes back, we were talking about the Jets being on a heater, and then they yeah. promptly lost cooled three, off yeah. three games in a row um so you're welcome for that uh yeah. but but then you know they they rounded out the year they they beat a team that they should beat in vancouver uh yeah. not not a great game it was a horrible game to watch actually but they beat a team that they should beat and then uh they finished off new year's eve they beat the oilers which is great uh because that's a team that that they need to beat. Um, yeah, and they snapped Connor McDavid's seventeen game point streak in the meantime too. Yeah, winning, uh, so, two to one in that game. So yeah, anytime, so, anytime you can blank McDavid, uh, yeah. you're doing something right. You can criticize yeah. that game against the Oilers all you want because they were outshot 
you know, 33 to 17 or whatever mm-hmm, it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some fair criticism. But, hey, they, McDavid didn't even get a point. And, well, the Oilers, and uh, you know, so. Yeah. So, the, so you know, like here we are uh, January 2nd and uh, the trade deadline usually falls in March. So they've got a couple of months now. If they're there, right, if they are sort of they keep an even keel and then they're in the same position where they're at now. Uh, mm. I, th- I think you owe it to this group to make an addition if it makes sense. But the other thing that you have to think about is that there are players uh, who there's going to be questions on going forward as well. Right? Like I can imagine. And if, and if, you know, I'm not saying that Sammy Niku was the same as Hanala, but yeah, if that situation with Hanala plays out the same way that the Niku situation played out, where it's just like this guy's great, he's the AHL defenseman of the year, and then you just totally ground down his value to the point where you just release him. You can't even get him. Uh, you yeah. can't even get anything for him. So if you have a position, uh, you're in a position to make your team better and to make a run at the cup this year. I think you have to do it because this core group isn't going to be together much longer. No. And and Dubois, you've got an option for Dubois. I don't know if his his idea of playing in Winnipeg has changed at this point or not, but you've got you hold an option for him next year, but the year after that he's gone. Yeah. Um well, Wheeler... Hellebuck has only got another yeah, maybe year or two left. Shifley's got a year co- couple of years. Wheeler I don't think that, you know, like this is his last year. So yeah, yeah, if you can run it out there, uh, is Taves the right guy? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, Mm -hmm. there's a couple of other nice guys out there too. Um, a couple of names that are being floated and, and the jets have a lot of history trading with the Rangers, uh, Alexis Lafreniere and, uh, the other guy. Caco, Capo, Capo, right? Yeah. Neither you know one what? of those Lafren- guys. Yeah. Neither Lafreniere one of those guys was healthy. Scratched just yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, and he has had a pretty choppy start to his career. Um, you know, he's he was highly touted, went number one overall. Yeah, and, and he hasn't been the player that people thought no. it was going to be right so no and part of that very well could be number one overall picks generally aren't seen as somebody that needs to be sent down to junior for another season something like that but i think lafreniere probably was one of those guys who maybe could have benefited from that but instead you know they put him right in the lineup and he didn't have that sort of extra time to, to maybe to get acclimatized and i yeah. mean I don't know, but New York doesn't doesn't seem like a real small stage to dip your toe in. No, right? exactly right. So yeah, it's hard to we'll say. See. I mean, he he might be a guy that, um, you know, he finds his like. Remember Stephen Stamkos? He came in pretty um highly acclaimed, and he took a couple seasons to really find his footing. Um, so maybe Lafreniere is similar in that he sort of just needs to. Uh, just figure out his game a little bit more at the NHL level. So, um, 
But uh, hey, if he was available for a trade and didn't theoretically, you know, cost that much, um, I wouldn't trade like a roster player for him necessarily because because he is a bit of an unknown and he's not really an impact player at this point. But mm-hmm. if if you've got, I don't know, if he he'd be a bit of a project if you had the patience and who knows what the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation of being an RFA and, you know, his previous sentiment of maybe not wanting to sign in Winnipeg long-term, I don't know, maybe playing alongside Kyle Connor and winning some hockey games this year, maybe his attitude's a little different. I don't know. By all accounts, the Jets were uh, an a disorganized mess of a hockey team last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Shifley was kind of like, which way is this team going? PLD was like, I don't know if I want to sign here long-term, you mm-hmm. know, now that it looks like the wheels are back on their, their move, you know, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe his mind can be changed and it's hard to say, but hard to say. How are we doing for time? We're out of time. We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> We're- just, we're, we're out of time talking hockey the hockey talking show we talked too much hockey today That's it's okay. uh it, it's, yeah, new year's, it's new year's for show of the year working out yeah, the kinks it's, it's the, the way year. she goes yeah so we're gonna go out on a song look we had a good run of CanCon songs but we're gonna head overseas to to britain jolly old england and this is a band called the heavy heavy and a song called miles and miles um I don't know. I just heard this on, you know, Sirius XM kind of thing. And uh, I heard a a bunch. It's a bit, it's a a real banger of a song. It's a good tune. Um, So let's go out on that. Uh, Happy New Year, Jared. Happy New Year, Tom. And Happy New Year, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Keep your stick on the ice and join us next time, won't you? Alrighty then. Here's the heavy, heavy. (laughs) 